This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Consignment Heroes, heard Sunday afternoons at 1 on Zoomer Radio. How to sell your stuff. How to get rid of stuff. Paul Kenny and his son Bogart from Storage Wars Canada are about to unlock the secrets to stuff on Zoomer Radio. What sort of value do they put on your stuff? That depends on how well you sell it as we begin taking your calls on Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Good afternoon. Happy long weekend celebrating Canada Day. Our phone lines are open. We are live in Liberty Village here to take your calls. Any questions that you have about your stuff? Are you curious about its value? Do you have something rare that you'd have no idea what it might be worth in today's market? Maybe it's old coins, some gold and silver, statues, art, fine china, antique toys, sports memorabilia, an old advertising piece, anything to do with automotive is obviously a huge collectible issue or item right now. You can call in right now to get a real-time estimate. Maybe you've got a house full of old stuff. You don't know what to do with it. Well, we have a guy in studio who knows exactly how to sell your stuff and deal with your stuff, whether you're downsizing or whatever. He has found fame and fortune in this field. His name is Paul Kenny. He's one of the stars of Storage Wars Canada, and he joins us live in the studio. How are you doing, man? I'm doing really good. But I, I forgot to tell you, the other day... Yeah. Before I was listening to your show, okay, uh-huh. yeah, I'm in my car. <laughs> before I have the other day in my store. Sorry, I'm in my store and someone stole my car keys. Oh, on the last day before the ho- you know, like before the holiday on Friday. You know when you get a day when you got. I actually made a list of things I had to do that day. Okay, and I listed off, and I said I don't even have ten minutes to spare here. And then someone steals or takes my car keys inadvertently. I really don't care what the reason is. But I didn't get to drive my car for the rest of the day. And that it was the day that, um, remember we were talking about Southworks Antique Mall? Yeah. And they're closed down. That sale is now done. And this week I worked very hard. I was over at the new location. It's at 73 Water Street, still downtown in Cambridge, okay? But it is gorgeous. The flat floors, air conditioning, not all the dealers are all set up yet, but a lot of new stock and it. I, really want people to go over there and take a look at the new Southworks. It's new in that the location's new, yep. but it's still full of old stuff. Yeah, you're saying a bunch of new stuff, but you mean new old, new stuff. old antiques. Yeah, okay, new yeah. old antiques. <laughs> yeah. We can say that. Okay. And I was there, and like, there's, uh, it's all neat. It's all, like, there's a lot. I didn't get a chance to walk through the whole place there today because I was setting up my booth. Okay. And I was actually setting up the shelves and the comics and the cars and the antique and all my antiques and stuff. But And mainly because I was put back four hours looking for my keys. Yeah, let's get back to that story. So were they stolen, or are you one of those guys who you've lost your keys and you accuse people of theft, or was, were they actually stolen? No, they were stolen. I, because someone was in the store. I was only in there for like 10 minutes because I had so much to do. Yeah. And uh, I put them down. I know where I put them. And I remember selling something to somebody, and I remember them, their hand movement, and then they bought something, and then I handed it to them. And I looked everywhere. And it's like one of those things. Wait, wait, wait. Like, so you still haven't recovered your keys? No, my car's still outside my store. It's oh, like, my goodness. So If anyone's listening, well, what do you need, a locksmith? That sounds like it's going to be expensive. Do you have no, a spare key? I have to, No, I just didn't have time. Do you ever oh, try man. and do anything on lock? 
this holidays are really great. Oh, oh, but funny you, you should ha- mention. You can't get anything done on a long you weekend. You can't yeah. get anything done. Yeah. It's almost like not only will they not do it for any money, they don't care. Yes. There's just no amount of money you can get them to work. Yes. And even today and then tomorrow, I will not get my keys back until Tuesday. Oh. I've already figured this out. Oh. So rather than resign to it, I just resigned myself to it. Yeah. Okay. Went and got another car. Then a friend of mine, um, Sam, who runs that um, New Generation Wood Products. Yes. You know, it's funny. You, good, you do good turns for people. I, I call up Sam. I says, Sam, I need a truck. He says, no problem, Paul. Oh, that's a friend. Wow. No, no. He just said, I got to do. He's building a house. He's, he had a couple jobs he had to finish off for the end of the day. He says, Paul, just come on by. And he just gives me the truck. Here's the keys. See me later on. That's, that's a friend. That's a friend, man. That's no, a good friend. No, and, and he, he wanted to help. I said, no, you've worked hard all day. I don't need your help. I just need your truck. Okay. But he's that kind of guy. Even when it's all his jobs, he gets them finished right to the end. He couldn't give me the truck until like, I think, 730 that night because he says, Paul, I want to do the job right. Wow. He's doing a job for someone else. And he says, I got to get this job done right. He says, if I'm off a bit, I don't want to. There's no sense in putting something in to tear it out again. You know what I mean? So this is why he actually helped me. I worked all week. Last week, I'm working like, like a dog. I, I'm, I'm working too hard. As I could say, I've never seen you happier. So something tells me you're enjoying it. You also have a big tub of oh, silver here. On the way, this, I'm going to talk about this, but this is. Oh, I left this. Careful. This, this is my only exercise I get every week. Oh, that I looks like people, a hernia. I want people to listen to that. And okay, so it's like a small rubber-made tub of silver coins. Silver coins. Right. And what what it is that right there is approximately six six hundred face which is approximately $7,000 worth of silver coins. Okay, so you, you mean face. So it's an old quarter, so yeah. quarters pre-1967, which are like 80% silver. Yeah. It's a tub full of those and half dollars from the same era. Yeah. So you're saying face value is $600. Actual retail value because of the silver content is? Yes. Oh, 7027 exactly, something like wow. that. So wow. So I want to try and tell people. Well, it's a little bit more than 600 That's why we're going to go into this today. I know that, you know, like the other day I heard that, we have almost a half a million, what they say, non-duplicated visitors to this show. Oh. Which is good. I mean, it's good if they... I Do mean, you know what that means? I don't know what that means. That means that they, they're... If somebody calls, um, listens one week and listens next week, that's not a new visitor. Okay. Okay. Which we, what we want is people listening all the time. But in case some people just, they listened four weeks ago and they're coming back today, I want to go over the silver and gold stuff today. Gotcha. Because I want people to know what the right prices that they should be getting for their stuff. Okay. Like on silver dollars, there's this, in the, I, I say this before, there is the same amount of silver in 10 dimes, is in four quarters, is in two half dollars, is in one dollar. Same amount of silver. Okay. So we're paying right now uh, 11.36 per dollar. Okay, so if you have $100, I'll give you $1,136. So I have 10 dimes pre-1967. Still a dollar. $11.36. I have four quarters pre-1967. I'm giving you eleven thirty-six. Okay, I have five nickels. Nothing. Five dimes. Okay, all right. You get a quarter. Yeah. You get a quarter. <laughs> but now I'm more interested in the people who have, I have $500. And then I can say, here's what you get. And this makes a difference. If it. If you're getting eleven thirty six or eleven twenty five, that doesn't make a difference. But if you have five hundred dollars, the difference between getting uh, six thousand and seven thousand dollars is yeah, thousand. that's substantial. Yeah, you a lot of people have big old coin collections of just like raw coins from wherever. Yeah, yeah it no, matters. I'll, I'll pay them more for if they have a nineteen forty eight silver dollar or something like that. You know, but 
The other thing is we'll talk, we'll take a couple of calls maybe, and then we'll go back and I'm going to talk about the gold. But the silver, like, oh, I should say one other thing. Silver, sterling silver, when they see that, we're going to talk about the difference. We'll tell you the difference between sterling silver and silver plate. How do I know really fast if I have old coins? How do I know if they're silver or steel? Oh. Magnet? Get a magnet? Okay. Magnet's one way, but if it's before 1966 in Canada, all our quarters, dimes, halves, and... uh, Dollars are all made out of silver. So you can all get a magnet and just run it over the money. If if it sucks up the coin, oh, then it's sixty. Then it's after. it's nothing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's steel. So yeah. you don't want it to be magnetic. Yeah. Is what you're saying. But if you know the old years, if you have ones with King George on them, they're all silver. The old king, some of the Queen Elizabeths, you got the young queen head. They're all silver. Okay. And people have these in their houses, and they just they don't know. They're afraid to get the right money for them. They don't. They know they're worth money. We'll tell them how much, and then they can go somewhere else and find out their other prices. Okay, so let's get the plug out of the way, because yeah. this is important. So where do you find out? At your store. Yes. You can locate the store at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill, just north of Major McKenzie. You can yeah. go to the store and get all these questions answered there. 10,341 Young Street. They can call the store, 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. And we're on the south side of the wall. Gotcha. <laughs> Our first caller is going to be Liz in Hamilton. Liz, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thank you. What do you got? I have a poster. It's a Wrigley's poster with their big insignia when they were the sponsors for the All-Canadian Hockey, and it's from 1975-76. Cool. It's about 30 inches by around 20 inches, but it's in very good condition. I'm just wondering if there's any commercial value to it. Uh, probably between twenty five and fifty dollars. Someone like to put that in their man cave. Can I say man cave? Yeah. Someone put. What are you worried? Is sexist? No, I'm not. <laughs> I know. I got. I know the concern. Yeah. <laughs> no. I've, in your non gender specific cool cave in your basement. Yeah. Okay. Fine. No. It's someone like to have that. There's so much hockey fans in this country. Uh, the sports, um, any kind of memorabilia, the cards. Uh, posters like this, especially stuff that everything would have been ripped down. Where, where was the, this is held in an arena? Yes, it was held in Moncton, New Brunswick. The smaller the town, the better it is, because someone from B.C. is going to be a big fan for that and going to want that and going to want to get signed by well, somebody. Like it was the All-Canadian, right? Yep. And so, I just wondered if the, it was worth anything. And with it, like my son played center for mm-hmm. the team that won Ontario, Northern Ontario. And so I'm not wanting to sell it. I just wondered if it was worth anything. And it also, he was given a flag, you know, the Canadian flag yep. that was before 1965. That's okay. when they discontinued those flags yep. with the Union Jack on it. The ensign, yeah. So now are those worth anything? Yeah. No, people still like that. Uh, they're worth about, depending on what kind of cloth and how big it is, they're like 50 to to $100. But uh-huh. this is a perfect time where you tell, make sure you tell the story about your son being there. If you're passing it down the family later on, you're not selling it to me. Make sure the story goes with the item. And this is a great item to get framed up. Get your son to sign it. Or does yeah. your son want it? I mean, maybe you could juice it up, get 200 bucks out of him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you remember yeah. that time? I've got your history for you. My son is not living anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm sorry, but like... If you're going to pass it down, pass. Have the story. I, I, yeah, I say well, this on this show you know, all the he time. He has the stick and the puck, and, and like I pass this on to some of my grandchildren. And the jersey, the jersey would be nice as well. He has the jersey, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. I have a program from when Wayne Gretzky was 11 years old in a tournament. 
Oh, cool. Okay, it's worth about $600. It's a junior tournament or an 11-year-old tournament. I can't remember, Peewee or something. Right, but there again, wouldn't he be the best consumer for that? Just sell it to Gretzky. Wouldn't he want it no, more he, than anybody? He's got, he, does, he doesn't sell his stuff. He, probably, he might. I'd love to get him to sign it, ah. and that'd be nice. But it's still worth 600 like it is. And someone who collects, there's a lot of people who collect Gretzky out there. Okay, everything from his cards to his jerseys to... Um, his wines? I no, guess. no, no, not his wines. No. I don't know. Does he have wine? Am I crazy? He does have wine, doesn't no, he? No, Guy Lafleur has a wine. Oh, is that what I'm thinking of? Okay, I thought Gretzky did. He might, but I haven't... I'm. There's other a lot of other good wines I'll try before I have to try that one. <laughs> Thank you so much for your call, Liz, in Hamilton. Robert in Kitchener is our next caller. Robert, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I think he's a coin guy. That's okay. the note I have yeah. here. How can I help I have, you? Uh, I have six big pennies okay. from 1881, or just, just before 1900. Okay, the 1881, certain, they all go in just in VG shape, depending on what the wear is on them. Sorry, what? In VG shape means that the part of the crown is, is worn off. They're, uh, they've lost their, or their reddish color. Okay. Um, they're brown. If they've got yep. wear on, they're usually three, four, five dollars each. Nineteen hundred for a penny. For a penny, yeah. Wow. Up yep. to a thousand dollars, depending on variations and depending on the condition. Okay. So, I've had them since I was eight years old, and I'm I'm eighty four now. Okay. Um, do you, if you want to sell them, you can bring them in, or if you just want to get an appraisal on them, just if you're going to give them away, come on into my shop. We're glad to do that. We can run through it, or we'll, we'll sell you the book that you can appraise them yourself. How's that? Okay. That way I get to make a bit of money. Now, if you have old bills from when you were a kid. Yeah, I have them too. Well, some of those can be worth Those would be 19, oh, do you have any of the ones 1902? Or how I old are your bills? I a collection of uh, uh, 1967 coins in, in a oh, brand new in a box. Yep. Do you have it with the, with the gold coin or with the silver coin? Silver. Okay. There is a black set that was get sold in 1967 that has a gold coin on it. It says $20. It's worth approximately, it's over a little bit over a half an ounce of gold. Oh. So do not sell it for $20. Right now it's I worth get... approximately a little over $1,600 for oh, this wow. one coin. And people don't think, and they've got in their safety deposit boxes... And they should, if they want, they could be selling them to us, or they can keep them. But they should know if they're going to pass them down that they tell the kids, these have got this much gold in it, or silver. Okay, this is the most important thing: is that you got whether you're going to sell it to us, you want to know the price, or if you're going to pass it down, you want to do that too. Okay. Well, a lot of people, when they have uh, something they've had a long, long time, sometimes they go, "I want to make sure it has the right home." For, yes. We were talking about people who want things to go to museums, and I, I'm not down on museums. I say you want to be not, – not all museums are the same, right? Yeah. But you do want the next owner. So some people want to say, I want this penny to exist. I don't want it melted down. I don't want my silver melted down. I want it to go to a collector who's going to cherish it. Do you yeah. arrange for that? Oh, yes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, we can arrange that. But some stuff is non-cherishable. <laughs> gotcha. Our next caller is Jack in Mississauga. Jack, how are you? Hey, Jack. Jack in Mississauga. Uh, hi, Paul. How are you Hello, doing? Please. Hello? Hello, how are you doing? Good, thank you. Paul, the Savarsky crystal animals, so cute, but there must be millions of them. Are they holding their value at all? No. But, 
I'm not okay. Sorry. <laughs> fair, fair enough. I, I was just saying, great question. Because you see, is it what Swarovski or whatever it is? You see these places all the time. You know, they're in Times Square. Everything's uh, super expensive. Uh, Six hundred dollars for a little unicorn, and you're saying they don't. They're the hope- crystals themselves don't have transferable value outside of the art. It's like when you buy a Royal Canadian Mint product out of the Mint from 2017. Yeah. They don't want to charge you. $35 for something that's got $1.35. Yeah. Glass or crystal is sand and water. Relatively inexpensive items. The Swarovski people do a real good job of it. They do a good job of marketing it. But a lot of the times you'll buy it for $500 and it's worth 300 on the resale market. Or 200 Because they also make like, uh, you can get lamps and lights and yeah. uh, 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 wall uh, sconces, things like that. They, they make everything. But you're saying the actual collectibles are not that collectible? No, there's some are, but they, when they say they're limited to 10,000 or limited to 3,000, there's only 1,000 people collecting this stuff. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. And this is where I feel bad like when people give me their Franklin Mint uh, plates or wall plates. Right. Yes. Limited to 10,000. I'm sorry, but those aren't, if they're in a box. <laughs> marketing. Uh, yeah, it's marketing. Now, in the Swarovski stuff, it's not something that I would. Um, hand down to your kids as an investment for over for length of time. This is not your inheritance. Do not put your money into. I shouldn't say. Okay. Wait, Jack, are you heavily invested? Are you in a oh, living no, room no, full no. of them, wall to wall? No, they're just so darn cute. They practically beg you to buy them. Oh, <laughs> I know, no, I see. but they're good at that. But my point here is, um, the best way to sell those is on consignment because if you have to sell them quickly in an auction, it's whoever's in the room that day. And you might get a $10 for a $500 piece. Yeah. On consignment, though, what we do is we actually set the price that day. You may have paid five and say, here's the going price of this is $300. I'm just giving examples. I'm not even cluing in on this. Yeah. But it's, if it's worth $300, your best chance of getting the $300 is on consignment. Okay? Even some of even to try and get the $500. Some of them are, some appreciable. Some appreciate. Right. Okay? But time is on your side if you use it. Well, and the good news is they're still cute. I mean, you've bought many other things in this duration that are worth not. What's your old waterbed worth, right? Yeah. Zero. Well, maybe now something. I don't know. Does anyone have a waterbed anymore? You ever slept on a waterbed? I Yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. I know. No, but you, you think that would come back, actually. You think that there'd be like a waterbed craze again. You ever slept on a waterbed drunk? Jack, thanks for your phone call. If you have a question about an item that you own, if you think it might have some special value or you're curious, somebody told you it's uh, it's tremendously valuable and you're skeptical, this is the show to call. Whether it be old baseball cards or an old piece of farm equipment or a piece of art, you can call us right now. Totally free assessments of your stuff. The number is 416-360-0740. That's 416-360-0740. When we return, we'll get to Anne in Toronto. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Watching Sam at work, you're reminded of mom's home cooking. Make it from scratch, never from a box. Mom would always say that. Having cabinets built by new generation is a lot like that. Because when you love what you do as much as Sam does, and you're as good at it as Sam is, 
Would you serve your family prefab? New generation kitchens and bathrooms of Guelph. Made with love. From scratch. Call 519-836-8300 and meet Sam at his family-run factory. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes on Zuma Radio. We're live this long weekend. And in yep. the studio with Paul Kenny, one of the uh, stars of Storage Wars Canada. You can see it on like every network now. It's all it just, just doesn't stop airing now. Last and they're editing them different from the states. Bogart even was funny last week. I enjoyed. They had four shows in a row last week. Oh, so I actually, I kind of like. I looked at me. I okay, me. yeah. Well, that's fair. And uh, it, it was actually they, they've done a little bit different job for the United States. They've edited it a bit differently. I I, they, I think they're using different scenes and stuff like that. Okay. So. It's actually not just watching the old the, – the result's still the same. Totally re-edited version of the show. Different, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. But it's been so Same content, since, though, yeah. Yeah, but I want to get to see the last 24. They're coming up in August in, in City TV or on OLN. I don't know which the one. The back half of season two, yes. Yeah, they don't tell us anything. But that, that commercial just ran. That was Sam, the guy from New Generation. Yeah. That was the guy who helped let me his truck on 10 seconds notice. He's just that type of guy. Okay. okay. His yeah. ad just ran. Uh Right before we, well, we were on the break. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the guy. So give that, him credit. He's a good yeah. friend and a good guy to work with. And he's a perfectionist. He is one of these guys is a perfectionist. If you, he's the type of guy you don't have, you can walk away and come back and you know the job is exactly done how he said it was going to be done. Like he does those, you know, what are they called? The safe rooms, bath, bathrooms, kitchens. He, kitchens is a lot. Right. But he says he does the other stuff. He actually. And he might loan you his truck. And he might loan his truck. But the thing is, he does the custom work. It's not like going into one of these big box stores and you can have anything you want once it's black. You know, it's like the old Model T thing. You can yeah. have any color you want, sir, as long as it's black. Well, I would say that you were talking about limited edition. I always think of Jerry Seinfeld has a bit like, uh, you know, about like what a tactic that is in the world of automotive, right? They go, oh, get the new car. It's limited edition. He's like, yeah, limited to as many as they can sell. So, like, yeah, it's just a, totally a sales tactic. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Anne in Toronto. Anne, I'm told that you have a desirable stuffed animal. <laughs> How are you, by the way? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering if, um, being as the inventor just passed away, if the um, Winnie the Pooh, Paddington Bear series have gone up in value. Oh, yeah. You know, Paddington Bears are very collectible. I didn't know about the Winnie one. Pardon? The what? The Winnie the Pooh. Winnie there was a Winnie the Pooh Paddington Bear. I thought they were all different bears. You have a Winnie the Pooh Paddington bear? Well, I have a Paddington bear. He came from Britain. Yeah. Okay, now, how old is your Paddington bear? Um, my husband, um, I think it was 1972. Our, our son was in the Household Cavalry in London, and my husband went over for the Trooping of the Color, and he brought this bear back with him for my daughter. You're talking probably going to be... Twenty thirty dollars. Sorry. Is that all? He's uh, about he's about eighteen inches high. Yeah. Uh, they they sell because this is a case where we're just talking about the more successful the company is, especially something that's made for tourists. Uh-huh. A lot of people buy them, and oh. most people it's the memory of buying them. they and the, the idea of giving it as a present. Right. And the the appreciation they don't really appreciate that way. If if the company went under or someone sued them for using Winnie the Pooh and they only made 400 of them, uh-huh. then it would appreciate. 
Or if they did a TV, like what they do with comics right now, They're, the comic is on and they make up a TV show about it. And then all of a sudden that opens up a whole new audience of people and right. they want to get the comics. When you're trying to go back and collect, when a big amount of people try and go back and collect history, that's when the prices go up. Yeah, I don't think I want to sell it because it belongs to my daughter. I was just wondering if it had any value at all. Yeah, no. It does, just not as high as you'd like, right? right. Every stuffed animal that has been in my family is worth zero. So yeah. yours is worth something. That's an achievement. Okay, then. Fair any enough. other military stuff, we're always after mil- military stuff from if you went over for anything military in Great Britain and brought anything back, uniforms, mm-hmm. medals, cap badges, all of that stuff is worth money. Randy in Milton is our next caller. Randy in Milton, how are you? Good, good. What do you have? Yeah, I have a, a complete factory set of Harley-Davidson trading cards, and it's there's uh, three series in total. Now, these are still in the original cellophane wrapping, the factory sets. Yeah. Series 1, 2, and 3. I actually have two complete sets of Series 1, 2, and 3 in the original factory wrapping. How old are cellophane. these things? 1991. Oh. Yeah, that's about right when they started, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, is that a very collectible era for that? No, but they made it's the 1990s in the middle about 1990. The whole card market went crazy. Right, people were buying because um, hockey cards were going up, baseball cards of Ken Griffey Jr. was yeah, yeah. in the league. Everything was cards. Everything, and, even yeah. uh, Operation Desert Storm was all cards. Everything's a card. In 1985, there might have been 20, no, 10 card shops in Toronto. In 1991, 500. Wow. Okay. And that's when I was in business. We went from doing zero, going from 100000 a year to $15 million in cards. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but wow. the problem is, is that they made so many and anything they could get licenses for. And Harley Davidson says, yeah, pay us the money. We'll take it. Harley's usually a very good product. A lot of people want it. But they kept on making these cards until they ran out of ink and paper. Okay. Well, that's a very collectible era for Harley. You know, it's funny yeah. enough, I was just watching uh, American Pickers yeah. this past week, or maybe it was an old episode, and Frank, the little guy, he loves oil cans. And yeah. so he finds, I think it was like 1970, Harley Davidson oil. Okay. It's got some n- interesting art on it and stuff like that. It's like guaranteed quality inside. It still had a little oil on it, too. And I go, okay, oil can, Harley Davidson, turn of the century. And he, his opening bid was $2,000 for a rusty can of Harley Davidson oil. And finally, the bidding went up. They settled at, I think, $3,500. And I was like, I have to understand this market better. And I go to original Harley Davidson, like a one gallon of oil. One of them sold recently for like upwards of $10,000 U.S., that's how rare they are. That's how desirable they it are. It must have been only made for a year. They I have no like, idea, but it's early Harley stuff, right, when they weren't sure the company was going to work out. I mean, even in the 90s, they, it was on the brink, right? It was on the brink. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And uh, because it's and, an and old um, uh, Indian motorcycle stuff. Anything original, yeah. like from, yeah. from, you know, just after the turn of the century. It's worth a fortune. Well, that explains the collectible market. See that oil can? No one expects What's well, insane. But no one wanted to collect it. If I tell you, if I tell my wife that I want to collect an oil can. Right. I know that two weeks later when I'm not looking, that oil can's in the garbage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know, and something that you would dispose of. So it, it'd be like keeping a, 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 a scrub brush from your sink or something, something you would just dispose of naturally. Yes. Or an, an old, uh, the first razor that had four blades on it. You chucked it, but maybe it was rare, and in yeah. 20 years they might say, wow, you had the first ever four-blade razor? Amazing. 
like in 1970, the cards are worth a dollar. The wrapper or the box they came in is worth $700. Yeah, it's insane. You just never know, right? Because everyone chucked the wrapper and they kept the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is where, this is why I, when we try and help people and they don't, they don't know what to expect when I give them the prices. I said, no, the stuff you have on the table is okay, but this item over in the corner, this is great. Oh, wait, you don't want that. And this markets is- change all the time. Who was it? They had, what was it, an old Pop-Tart? From the 70s, and you were like, whoa, it's an unopened box of Pop-Tarts or whatever it was. Oh, no, no, it was Jello. It was yeah, Jello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Uh, Siva in Toronto is our next caller. Hello, how are you? I'm good. I have a bottle of Remy Martin Cognac, 1724, okay. 1974. Is it full? Is it what? Is it full or just the bottle? Is it full or just the bottle? It's a, a bottle. That yep. comes in a, a box. It's completely sealed. It's like a little casket. Yeah, it's a ba- it's a back wrap bottle. They're worth about four, the bottle is worth about four hundred dollars. But it's the one I'm thinking about. No, but, it has the cognac inside. Unopened. Oh, unopened. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. Drink this cognac. What are you doing? You should hey? be drinking this cognac. Not if it's profit. She doesn't want to drink profits. <laughs> no. It says Remy Martin cognac. Okay, but 1974, after, after it the... It says 1724 to 1974, so it's 250 years. It was a special brand. Mm-hmm. It says this exceptional bottle of Grand Fine Champagne contains cognac exclusively what? from the Premier Crew in the cognac region. Okay, they'll all say that, but I'm just trying to think of this bottle. Nothing I yeah, is this collector's edition or is it something legit? It's legit, sir. No, 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 not that it wouldn't be, not that it's fraudulent, just like, is it a commemorative bottle or is it a, a original equipment sort of thing? It's original. Oh, wow. I think they, they only had, like, maybe a limited edition of these bottles, and it was bought in 1972. Okay. Well, hundreds is the answer, hundreds and hundreds. I would bring hundreds. it in. Uh, the ones that I re- particularly remember are the, bo- the empty bottles of uh, Remy that are uh, the Louis, that the bottles were $400 empty, made wow. by Baccarat. I would have to see this. If you don't mind bringing it into my store, I'm in my store all the time at 10,341 Young Street. You just call in advance, make sure I'm there. But I'd like to see it because I'm not getting how you're describing this. And it might be something that is truly rare, and I can't find a price on it right now. Okay, it's a rare bottle, I know. My husband had bought it, but he died eight years ago. Okay, well, you can send a photo of it to sales at Toronto. Goldsilver.com, sales at torontogoldsilver.com. So just get your phone, snap a picture of it, and then hit, you know, send through email, and the address is sales at torontogoldsilver.com. Then we can get a lot more eyes on it even this afternoon. Yeah, Because yeah. remember I told you somebody got it as a, as a gift, a $500 bottle of scotch, and he's like, well, I'm not going to drink that. And you're like, well, I go, he wanted to know what is it, the aftermarket value, yes. and you're like, $500. This is a very solid market. For what, yes. it, what is it, a 25-year-old scotch or whatever? You're saying this... There's not a lot of wiggle room. People are willing to pay this, and people will drink a $500 bottle of scotch. Have you ever had 100-year-old scotch? No. You've got to taste it. I had it once. But isn't it in your imagination? Do you know what I mean? When they do all those tests and they say, is this a real food critic or not, and they fool them, they give them a Big Mac, and they go, oh, this comes from Tuscany, and they don't have a clue. This was heaven, liquor, heaven. You only let me have the one ounce. I still remember the taste in my mouth. It was that sweet. I maintain you wouldn't know the difference if it was a $5 bottle of scotch or a $500 bottle of scotch. Obviously, you don't drink. If it was bad, you'd say, I can taste 
oh, the age brings out the terribleness of the... T-. I just feel like some of this is people just, they love the opulence of expensive things, no? There are some people, but this one, it actually backs it up. The name is, is it's always 100-year-old scotch, and it tasted just grand. Okay. If All I right. was a millionaire, I'd own one of these bottles. I have and seen I, studies that people who pay more for things derive more pleasure from them. Yes. Maybe that could be the reason for that. I paid nothing. I derived all the pleasure okay, and I fair paid enough, nothing. Okay, fair enough. Our next caller is Barb in Unionville. Barb, how are you? Hey, Barb. Hi. Welcome to the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for taking my call. I have two uh, Royal Dalton figurines here. One is the uh, old ballroom cellar. Oh, balloon cellar. It, the lady who's got all the balloons. Yeah, balloons. Yes? Yep. And the the male part, the balloon man. Okay, they go for be hundred and twenty to hundred and fifty dollars. They used to sell for around three hundred, but every collection has autumn breezes, balloon seller. It's one of the common ones. It's oh. very popular. Uh, no, it's still worth that. Some doll Daltons are only worth fifty dollars. So there's, oh. <laughs> It's well, like very memorable for me because uh, of all the balloons and uh, the happiness on their faces. So there's a lot of sentiment attached to these. But I just was curious as to how much they were worth. Yeah, yeah I don't. I think my parents or grandparents had. Like, I feel like I grew up with that as well. Somewhere in the family, it's somebody a happy had piece. that. It's a happy piece. Yeah. It's, in the, it's in the cabinet. You ca- you can't help but smile and think of the grandma sitting there with the balloons. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, in and the same ca- out, and they're all different colors, so yep. nicely painted, and the detail on them is is uh, very beautiful. Yes, now Dalton used to now now they're made in China, so the English ones might appreciate again in price because they were made in England. Yeah, that's what these uh, these yeah. ones say. The one has uh, 1954 on it, HN 1954, and the other one, the lady, the old balloon seller, is HN 1315. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Right. So what he's saying is that eventually he thinks the market might have an uptick for the ones made in England, but yeah. that has yet to materialize okay. now. Yeah. yeah. So listen, so a lot of people have old Royal Daltons that they either, either purchased yeah. or inherited. What are some of the more popular ones that people should look for in their collection? Oh, a lot of the men, uh, St. Uh, George, men? the men figurines. Oh. Uh, the pretty women always sell. <laughs> Even this one, no, see... It depends. There's a variation. Sometimes the older painting jobs on something out of the 30s yep. is a better paint job than done in the 1960s. And some people buy them. And there's variations. In the balloon cellar, there's a variation as well. Oh. So that's why I almost have to see it. If you sell me, send me the picture, um, there's an old variation. They sell for two, $300. Well, you're okay. saying bankable, 150 They sell every yeah. day at that. So if you, you had sell. to sell it today, you yeah. needed bail money. That's I don't know what you're up to, Barb. No, but I don't think I need that. Okay, no. well, you never know. It's uh, a long weekend. Anything could happen. In that same cabinet, you might have some Paragon or Ainsley Cups and Saucers. And as funny as it seems that you bought those for ni- maybe $20 in 1960, are worth more than your Royal Daltons are. You're kidding. Yeah, if they've got lots of gold and lots of flowers on, we have to yeah. see them. But we've we've sold them, we've sold them up to four hundred, and some sell up to a couple thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! Well, for, I'm certainly going to come and visit you at your store. <laughs> don't break them on the way down, but oh no, they'll be they'll be wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you still have to bounce along Toronto roads to get yeah, there, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Avoid the potholes. <laughs> yeah. All right, Barb. Thanks for your phone call. Okay. Our phone number here at the radio station is 416-360-0740. The number 
at Paul's store is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. The store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill on Young Street, just north of Major McKenzie. Uh, Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Pat in Brampton will be our caller when we return. Estates have a sentimental value and a real value. Which one do you think sells? An estate appraisal by Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins is valued for the honesty and experience of Paul and Bogart, who always arrive with three options. They'll buy it from you, sell it for you, or tell you what the estate is worth. And their live online auction, held every month, is a great way to sell on consignment. Need an estate appraised? There's really only one choice. Call 905-737-GOLD. Your collection of old coins is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it. The highest paid prices for old silver coins and gold jewelry are at Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins. So the only number you should have in your head is this one. 905-737-GOLD. Toronto Gold, Silver and Coins buys and sells. So what does a bar of bullion go for these days? Wrong question. What's it going for right now? For up-to-the-minute prices, call 905-737-GOLD. Welcome back to Consignment Heroes. We're live on Zoomer Radio in the Zoomerplex in downtown Toronto. Paul Kenny is the star of the show. He's also the star of Storage Wars Canada. He's here to field all your calls about your stuff. We had an update on that bottle of... uh, Oh, yeah. What was it, cognac or scotch? No, it's Siva who called Remy it. Martin. Remy Martin asked. It's a commemorative 250 year. Okay, so a lot of people know this. The story goes empty bottle, 400, full bottle, around yeah. 2,000. Now people are going to have to get their calculators out because we can only find it in British pounds. Right, it's yes. It's 1,100 British pounds. Right. So that's probably about 2,000 Canadian. So this is well known. It's not yeah. hundreds of year old alcohol. No. It is a commemorative bottle, but very desirable. Yeah, as soon as yeah. you take it, it stops aging as soon as you take it out of the cask. And you put in the bottle. It's yeah, that's why 21-year-old scotch, even if you're like the bottle's 20 years old, so is it double the value? You're like, no, no, it's the aging time that matters, yeah. But she does have a nice item on her hands now. We have to find out how to sell it because she wants the 1,100 pounds for it. Yeah. That's where I can help her. But I'm new to the world of people drinking $500 bottles of anything and all this sort of stuff, but they do exist. Yes. In yes. droves. Yeah. And as a person who sells these people... Th- these people things. I'm glad these people exist. Yeah. That's how I make my money. <laughs> All right. Our next caller is Pat in Brampton. Pat, how are you? Fine, thank you. Pat, what do you have? I, uh, listening to your show about coins, I have a Churchill coin. The president or whatever he was in England. Prime Minister, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that well, guy. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that guy. 1965? Uh, 1965. Um, these were sold as commemoratives. Um, Hand it down to your kids. They're worth, if I can get a dollar for them, they're a lot. Because what? They made, Don't they have silver content? They really? Re, they were, there's no it's silver. Heavy. I, but it's heavy copper nickel. And they were sold by the Bank of Nova Scotia over here in every Commonwealth country because Churchill was such a, these were issued when he died. Right, okay. And they were all around the world. I think it was one crown. And uh, sorry, this is not uh, the news you want. But it's uh, it's a great story to give your kids. What about uh, uh, Kennedy? I have five Kennedy. What year are they? Uh, 64, 80, 76, um, 71, and 72. So okay. all commemorative. Yeah. Now, the 64 is worth around $7 oh. as a half. 
The other ones are worth uh, whatever U.S. exchange is right now. We do buy them from people. Like we have a lot of variety store owners mm. who come into our store and bring us all their American change because they bring it to the bank. The bank will give them any exchange on. Mm. We give people 20% exchange on the coin because we use it. We're going down the states. So right. it's only good for the exchange. Now, uh, the other one is silver content. 64 is 90%. 65 right. is only 40% through to 69. And after that, they are no percent. Wait, so you're seeing, even though Kennedy assassinated in 1963, I thought you were pointing to 64 because it would have been like the first run of commemorative coins. You're saying that's not even a factor. It still just comes down to silver? Just comes down to silver. Because wow. Kennedy was a relatively popular president. And a <laughs> yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. People- I just thought maybe the coins closer would have some numismatic value because it was right after. But you're saying still, no, they're not rare. Silver content no. only. Wow. We melt them. We melt them. Each- that's shocking. No I market. The three Eisenhower as well. Eisenhower's worth a dollar, unless you have the silver-clad ones, and they're 40% silver. They'll have a little These S These are on. silver dollars, I think. Uh, one, no. One dollar. I think they're all called silver dollars. He's wondering about the actual silver content, so there'll be yeah. an S on it indicating yeah. that? Okay. And they're 40 An S? An S. It'll be a little tiny S. A little and tiny F on the back? An S, yeah, uh, yeah on, as right, in silver. As right underneath his, his uh, face. Oh, under and, his face? Okay. And if you're as old as I am, you're going to have a hard time seeing that S, too. Okay. (laughs) Pat and Brampton, thanks for your phone call. Jennifer in Toronto is our next caller. Jennifer, how are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. I've got a uh, movie poster from the little tramp called Chaplin at the top, and it's um, copyrighted uh, from, I guess, the Motion Picture Corporation from 1992, and it's signed by Robert Downey Jr., Geraldine Chaplin, and a third person, but I, I just can see the first name is Richard, uh, so I don't know if it's some other guy that must have been in the movie. And um, it is numbered. Is it worth anything? Yeah. Wait a second. So you're saying it's a reproduction poster from Charlie Chaplin's era, signed by Robert Downey Jr., who played Chaplin right. in the early 90s, yes. and a Chaplin family member. Yes, Geraldine Chaplin. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then there's a third signature, but it's it, Richard is the first name, and then there's a second one. It looks like Alan, maybe, but I could be wrong. I, I, do you know who was in that movie? <laughs> it might be a director, or it might be the writer, or something like okay. that, or someone from that... But the idea is Downey is very, very popular, especially with the Iron Man movies and stuff like this. Okay. I would think an item like this would probably be worth a couple hundred dollars. Oh, well, I like I the it. era because in this era of of uh, Robert Downey Jr., this is like, is this guy going to make it? Will he oh, be yeah. a great actor or is he going to be the drug addict that it looks like yeah. he's turning out to be and the insurance risk and all that stuff? True. So it's a very interesting era for Robert. Now he's got so much success. Like the Mickey How Rourke? could you not be resentful? No, Mickey. Yeah, he's a good example of it going the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I see what you're saying. Neat, it's a neat looking thing because it's about 18 inches by maybe um, 40 inches, and it's just gray and black, and it's really cute. Okay. So you yeah. think it might be worth more than? Oh, so bucks? wait, no, no. The Richard on it is going to be the Richard Attenborough oh, who no, directed that's Chaplin. It. That's, that's it. A T T. That's exactly what the name is. Okay, so he directed oh. the movie Chaplin that came oh. out in 1992. Oh. Okay, I'm going to say right now, signed by all three. I would be if I had my store, I'd probably put two fifty three hundred dollars oh, on it. Oh my goodness! Well, I'll come up there and you can. Yeah, that's a really cool piece. No, no, For a, a movie cool buff, piece. if you have a theater in your house or something like that, put that on the wall. It's that's a great piece. It's a really piece. nice poster in, in gray and black, and, you know, it's framed in black, black frame. It looks really pretty, actually. Yeah, no, no. As an old movie buff, I would love something like that. Okay. Or I'm, I'm sure that's very saleable. Okay. Um, come on, see us. I'll come and see it, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, this is By nice. the way, Chaplin bombed. 
the movie, 1992, Chaplin, it bombed. It was it cost $30 million to make. It only made $9 million. And here's a little factoid. I didn't know this. So um, Richard Attenborough, he wanted Robert Downey Jr. to play Chaplin, but studio executives wanted either Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, or Jim Carrey. No, okay. I'm oh, that, those are all great choices, in my opinion. Yeah, but they didn't have them look like Chaplin. <laughs> I know, but Chaplin was a comedian, and Downey Jr. is not a comedian. So I can understand the, the desire to have a Billy Crystal or Robin Williams or a Jim Carrey. No, Robin Williams, I love Robin Williams. Yeah. But he would have ad-libbed to the whole thing. It would not have been Chaplin. We'd be watching Robin Williams. Right, he would have broken and started doing the running man and the worm and stuff, whatever, yeah, to get yeah. a 10. I see what you're saying, yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad with the choice, and look what happened to uh, Downey Jr. I love the Iron Man franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And just how it's done. And that's one of those examples we're talking about. Iron Man comics and that kind of stuff is now coming back because of the popularity of the movies. Right. You know what I mean? You're not an Iron Man fan. I'm just trying to, th- I know I saw the, I think I saw them all, but they're all blending as one. So I can't quite distinguish. They're all, in fact, when I think of any superhero movie, they all blend into <laughs> one. Spider-Man is Iron Man is Wonder Woman. In my mind, it's just the same movie. Yeah. I'm worried about you. If you don't know no, Spider-Man how many, and How many Wonder Iron Woman? Mans have they made? Wonder Woman. But like Iron Man might show up in Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. there's so much crossover. That's what I'm saying. It's all one movie in my head. I will educate you later. They just did the movie where they all appear. That's what I'm saying. It's all one movie to me. Anyway, okay. next caller. Sorry about that. Uh, our number, 416-360-0740. Sylvia in Cambridge is our next caller. Hi, Sylvia. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What do you got? I have a bunch of uh, um, trading stocks. Oh, the stock certificates? Yes. Okay. Uh, with nice uh, graphics? 1919. Okay. And some um, from 1936. Ooh. But I have quite a few of them, and what, I know that you have a store in Cambridge here, yep. and I'd like to come and see you there. That, now you're going to have to call me, my seven, the nine, uh, 647 298 and find out when I'm out there. I'll be reassembling my booth out there, and I'd love to see them. And with the stock certificates, it'll make sh- makes a difference who they are. Like I have Maple Leaf Garden stocks, Nortel, and Briex. Yeah, Briex. Well, I have uh, York, <laughs> McKinley Mines. Wow, McKinley yeah. Mines. That's a cool one. Yeah, quite a few of them. Let me see. Yeah, I'd like to see what you have. Unfortunately, some might be still the stocks might still be good, or you just might have deleted stocks, but. I was going to say, I had done stock certificates for um, Maple Leaf Gardens. We were getting oh. like $250, $300 each. Right. Okay. Oh. If Briax is another one sells, you sell for about 100 Well, that's like a joke, but yeah. I know. And some of the old the graphics on them are great, and people frame them, put them on their walls. Uh, Wells Fargo was actually the first stock certificates were signed by Wells and Fargo. These have the seal on them. Yeah. I'd love to see them. Um, Highly and- collectible, and the story is upside is unknown, but lots. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Okay. So. Thank you very much. Uh, our next caller is going to be Liz in Burlington. Liz in Burlington, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. What are you? What's doing? What do you got? I I have a bottle of Crown Royal, Seagram Crown Royal, with a certificate in there. It's never been opened. It's in the, a blue bag and a blue box. I don't get it. I don't follow. Don't you just have a bottle of Crown Royal? What is the difference? Or you're saying it's just non? It's just a bottle of Crown Royal. 
Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but it's between 40 and 50 years old. I forgot the important part. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Does Seagram still own Crown Royal? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just didn't know, was there an ownership change I was unaware of? Okay. No, no. Well, I'm surprised most of our listeners don't drink. <laughs> That's yeah. wrong. I'm worried about our this, I, my generation. I come from a generation of drinkers. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Well, it's I'm funny because not... you come across a lot of alcohol, and you'll say to Sebastian and I, like, would you like a 50-year-old bottle of scotch? And both of us are like, mm, not really, no. Um, yeah, and something like this, there might be some value to it, but you can't sell them online, so you have to get someone private uh, because I don't know if there's an appreciable price. It might be worth, instead of a $30 bottle, it might be a $75 bottle. Uh, someone liking to have it with the seal brought not broken. I had a 1978... Um, oh bottle of liquor the other day and I I got five dollars over for it and that and actually I just mainly gave it as a friend mm-hmm. okay yeah because they stop aging once they're in there someone might like to have it but then you haven't opened for this this length of time have you if there's interesting artwork or something like that on the bottle or the bottle's different they haven't changed that uh, bottle. I don't think it's different no no but as a kid we used to carry our marbles around in those blue blue bags crown royal bag of marbles yeah that's what you, That's how long Crown Royal has been around. So let me understand this. So, so is it Smarties or Arrow? They used to be owned by Rowtree. Rowtree is that it? And now they're Nestle. And so I know people who literally they don't like them anymore because they say they changed the recipe of like Coffee Crisp. Is there any truth to this? Does this make sense to you? They said they used to like it when it was made by Rowtree, or maybe they didn't then, or they do now. Some people complain about anything, you right? Know, but like I'm just saying, if you had any candy, old no. candy, is that a market? I a Kit that, Kat from 1945, does that make a difference if it's, in its, if it's in the wrapper? It's probably gone bad. Yeah, not to eat. I'm saying for the art, though. If you had an old gum pack with the gum still in it and the card still in it, people would collect I that. Have, that's trading cards. I'm talking about, I like, know. consumables. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I no, well, I'm I know just, if you have a military, you know, like the old, uh, you know, if you were... Uh, K-rations? Yes. I was going to say for, for military people, yeah. But the, the old packs of gum, they sell for like 100 bucks and stuff like that if they were military issue and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, no, no. That kind of stuff still sells. Oh, my uh, goodness. What's happening to the hour? It's, it's flying away. Back to the phone lines. We have Anne in Toronto. Anne, oh, no. Do you have Royal Daltons? That's the note here. Oh, yes. Anne oh. has Royal Daltons. Do you have any of the collectible ones that we talked about? I don't know. I can tell you what I have. Okay. I have a drummer boy. Yep. A Chelsea pensioner. Okay. And the detective. Okay, that's a man one. They're about $100. And the wizard. Wizard, yeah. All of these go for in that area. Um, like I say, the Royal Daltons, there's less people collecting them now. Uh, we still buy them, but we have some people buying them. Like, it's like our whole way of making money is we buy from Toronto and we sell to the world. Or people can sign through us because we sell to the world. And there are people in... China or in Japan or in Europe, they were still buying Royal Daltons. There are not so many as we're buying. There's not many Canadians buying them now. Josephine in Pickering has a bottle of booze you might be interested in. Okay. Josephine, how are you? Hello there. Hi. What do you got? I'm I hoping you drank two it. Items. Okay. One is um, a bottle of, here it is. I wrote it down. I'm not a drinker. This was given to my father. Uh, Canadian. Wait, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. It's Carlton Tower Canadian Whiskey. Okay. From Walk- Walkerville? And uh, it's a 25 fluid ounce, and it's in the leather case, and it's never been opened. And it, it's uh, They stamp on the uh, cover. 
Oh, we're losing her. Something's happening with the connection there. I'm losing you, and but there's part of this. Somebody's trying to cut in, and I'm not answering them. Oh, oh I see. Okay, okay. Okay. So it's 1968, a Carlton Tower in a black leather case, and it's Canadian Carlton Tower Canadian whiskey, and it's a 25 fluid ounce, and it was 1968. You know, somebody out there is salivating for this thing. I know, but it's hard you to, to sell. I couldn't care the less. Okay. They're going to end up calling the station. And give me you can sell Give us. me Josephine's number. Yes. I'm going over there. <laughs> I'm just amazed that nobody drinks on this show. I think after listening to me and Ben here, the people would be drinking, be opening up a couple of bottles of booze. Yeah, I'm not a prohibitionist, but I'd say like average month, maybe yeah, five but drinks. I had to set an example for I raised four girls. Oh, okay. Okay. So I had to set a good example. Not that my parents were drinkers anyways. And it's funny because I've got a cabinet full of booze and I don't drink. Well, we can help you with this. <laughs> I, as a, being an expert on booze and china and gold and silver and crystal, I can help you with all these things. But I think this bottle is worth. You might get a little over over the the issue price, and that'll be it. Okay. Uh, there won't be people like. Well, not issue price nineteen sixty eight. No, <laughs> issue yeah. price today of like a com- comparable bottle, and hopefully yeah. that it's been it doesn't it hasn't gone bad as well. But before we go, because I always run out of time. Remember, yes. We are a gold and silver shop. And I want to go for five, two minutes, explain to people about 10-karat gold, 14-karat gold, and 18-karat gold. Right. So or that maybe means I should save this it for weighs as much as a carat, the vegetable? How does the system no, work? No, no. When you have 10-karat gold, <laughs> I know. But I'm trying lot, to make you crazy. I know, but I'm trying to help people out there because people come in, they don't know what they own. And when they go to other shops, they don't know. They say, I'm giving in a ring. And there is a difference between 10-karat gold. And 10-karat gold, you should be getting around 1875 per gram. That's what we're paying right now. In 14 karat gold, you should be getting around $26 a gram. Mm-hmm. And, in eight, and in 18 karat, about 33 Because some people are out there, and I heard this last week, and this made me kind of sick. So people are paying 10 karat, or we pay you $10. 14 karat, we pay you $14. 18, we pay you $18. And people think that that's what, is, what they should be getting paid. Right. And they're grossly getting underpaid on this stuff. 10 karat is roughly 50% of the content of that is not gold. It's mixed with something else, yeah, correct? It's point, there are 417 parts of gold for every thousand parts of silver. So 14 karat gold is closer to pure gold. So yeah. generally, the higher the number, you know, 10K is lesser than 24K. Yes. Okay. But 24K is nearly it's perfect. Pure. Yeah. It's pure. So 999. That, yeah. So much more valuable. Yes. Yeah. But I want to explain that to people. No, we try and be transparent. I want people to ask questions, okay? If someone will not give you a question, like when you say, how did you get to this? When they ask, say, I'm giving you $417 for your gold. Yeah. Ask the person how you got to this number. And if the calculations don't make sense to you, don't sell it. Because I've, I'm hearing people going into people's houses and they're saying, oh, I just put, pile off, peel off a bunch of brownies and they, they, they say, okay, I'll sell it to you. Do the math. With gold and silver, there's too much at stake here not to do the math, okay? And I'm just my own my own little rant for the week. And I want people to... Let it to, out, man. Let it no, out. But I want people to either call me. Even They can even call me and tell me that, that number I gave out. You can call my store or call my private number, and you can say, I've got this much gold. What is it worth? And we will tell you over the phone. And I'd rather people get the right amount for what they're getting. And if you want to buy gold... 
they should be also calling us as well. And so what you're saying is that when you get into the carrot system, so they go, I have a 10-carat ring. Yes. It's not the same as it's going to be treated a 24-carat ring. So you're saying yeah. people manipulate – are- there's a more of a chance to be tricked or sort of hoodwinked yes. when you get into the carrot system. So to understand it clearly, give you a call. Give when it comes to quotes, yeah. Yeah, and we can help you. Even if you don't sell it to us, I'm a big proponent of get a second opinion. Make sure one of those two opinions is us. Right. Get a second opinion. And that's what we're here to help. And we're trying to help people every week. That's very kind of you. The store is located at 10,341 Young Street. That's in Richmond Hill on Young Street, north of Major Mac. That's 10,341 Young Street. The store's number is 905-737-GOLD. That's 905-737-4653. Special thanks to Sebastian Hearn. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.